0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My
1: team, power. I love the power. power, power.
0: I love the power. power, power. power, power. Love the Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I am your host Mac and and joining me, as always, we've got Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy?
1: Great, right, Mac. What about you, buddy?
0: Good mate, good.
1: good. Stay out of trouble?
0: Always. Never in trouble, mate. Good work. That's what I like to hear. That's the way. And the first time on the podcast, we've got Q Power.
2: G'day guys, how are you going? I've listened to your, your podcasts um, over the last year or so and really enjoyed them. Delighted to be on.
0: Fantastic.
2: Keep talking like that and you can keep coming back. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Great to have you on mate. Let's uh, find out a little bit about your port background um, and how you became a port supporter.
2: Well, I sort of I grew up in the, the 70s and 80s in Adelaide and my, my grandmother, who was born in 1912, met a port supporter. so I sort of followed her lead um, and started going to port games around 1981 and yep. uh, was a regular attendee sort of right through until when I left Adelaide in 1994. And I've been trying to get to as many AFL games uh, as I can, sort of with an itinerant lifestyle since.
0: Beautiful. And what about your favourite game?
2: I think my favourite match, probably uh, nothing's quite as vivid as it is in childhood, was the, the, uh, I think it was round four, 1988, the day after Anthony Williams died at Norwood Oval. I think I can't remember the atmosphere at a game being as charged as that uh, before or since and it was a special day for the club. I think it sort of exemplified everything the club stands for.
0: Absolutely, a fantastic day, and I think it's one of those sort of times where you look at something um, horrible that's happened, such as Anthony Williams passing away, and, and you look at what that actually did on field <clears throat> for the club as well because I think Stephen Williams pulled out of that match, as you would expect, um, yep. and therefore we pushed George Fiacchi back where he made a back pocket his own for the next sort of yeah. two years.
2: That and I think that was the first day he really played at the level we came to expect from him. And I think, uh, I mean, well, we were up against it that day. That was a very good Norwood side players like Gary McIntosh and Michael Aish. Yep, and uh, yeah, it was a special day. And uh, we sort of, I think, we're about four goals down at half time and and mowed them down quite late. Yeah, it
0: was a great game that one. What about your favorite player?
2: Um, Probably in the in the since, since the, the power came in, pro- probably Gavin Wanganine. just the, just just the freakish things he, he, he could do on the field. Nonsense. Yep, and what about
1: that? What about that video tonight, boys? Did oh, you, did you see it? it was there? There? Yeah, wasn't that excellent? Very emotional.
2: You know, whoever's got hold of the media department in the last 18 months or so is doing an exceptional job down there, absolutely.
1: Yeah, you and whoever else plays, that spot on. I mean, the media now has just been fantastic, hasn't it? Like so relevant, relates to the fans, uh, keeps us in touch with the place, uh, players, and it, but it's sort of helpful, um, heartfelt, the, the sort of presentation that we're getting and, and genuine. And yeah, but can't disagree with you, Wanganeh. What a superstar he was.
2: Yeah, I think um, the, sort of the presence of Keith Thomas and David Kosh has been really important. Both know about marketing and branding. Probably the last time we had a period of dominance, we weren't able to capitalise on it as much in terms of taking taking market share. But I think this time we will.
1: Absolutely. And I think, um, uh, talking to a few players, I think like Scott, oh, not players, a few of the staff from um, Scott Fitzgerald in the corporate left, and they've brought in a new person now, and he's from the, uh, is it the what is it, DMG days from the radio? Yeah. Is it DMG? Yep. Well, anyway, they put another player on there, so that's obviously um, KT's connection from when he was working there. So, uh, obviously, he knows the right people and is pulling the right strings and getting the work done.
2: Yeah, no, excellent. we got the power to win, power to roam,
0: come on, what we are the power from Port. It's Port versus Collingwood this Sunday at the MCG. We've got an 11-13 win-loss record. We've actually won the last two. And the last time we met was obviously that famous el- elimination final last year where we won by four goals. Um, how important is this game now? Is this the most important game for the year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a season-defining game. Um, I think that it's going to tell the story of, of whether we essentially are, uh, have played our best footy this year or, or are we going to come again? I agree.
1: It's, it's hard for me, this pre-game podcast, actually, because... I think I've got more to comment on post-game of where we're at um, to the pre-game because, it, as I've said a few times now over the last couple of weeks, it's all about this game. And uh, and so how we come out and play this game I think is going to reflect how we're going to run out the rest of the season. So it's amazing that it, it's come to this, that this game is so important. But as was uh, made reference during the week by uh, Hamish Hartlett, I think we... Uh, um, or Robbie Gray, uh, post game, uh, post the break last year, we came out and played well. I can't remember what the exact stats were. Mackie, you probably know. Uh, but I'm hoping uh, we come out firing
2: after the break again this week. Yeah, I think last year it was against GWS where we'd lost those five in a row and then came out and played really well up in Sydney, which was uh, terrific. And I, I guess the other encouraging sign is that the Magpies uh, played really, really well on the weekend, which suggests uh, that the heavy... Training low, which everyone suspects, but the club denies, is finished.
0: Yeah, You would think so. I mean, for me, this is the most important game of the year. I mean, there's so much riding on this result for both teams. I mean, if we win and we win well, that really puts us in, in great contention for the top four, and you'd think we'd be a really big chance to beat Frio and Sydney um, later on in the year. Um, if we lose, you would think it's going to be pretty tough to make top four. In um, mm. the same uh, situation for for Collingwood as well. I mean, if they win, they're right in the chance to still make the eight. If they lose, they're pretty much out.
2: You're being a bit of a tragic with the, the latter predictor. I think um, that if we won three of the five, we'd have to be really exceptionally lucky in terms of other results going our way. We could still mathematically miss out winning four, or five, four of the five, but would likely make top four. So I agree. If we lose this, we can just kiss top four goodbye.
0: And Get ready for that showdown final.
2: <laughs> Looking that way. Mm. Exciting times. Well, but are don't we worry.
0: Going in, are we confident about this
2: one? I am, I would be confident, but uh, I'm actually jumping in the car tomorrow to go to Melbourne to see it. So um, uh, they tend to lose in Melbourne when I go, unfortunately. Uh, no. The kangaroos well, stop, game. Don't <laughs> go. Stay, stay, stay at <laughs> stay stay home. Stay home. No, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying, ho- hopefully it'll break uh, break the pattern, but uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we'll come again after the break. That's my sense. I, I don't think the, the playing group's satisfied with what they've achieved so far. I just think because of the the youth of the group that they tend to fatigue, uh, whereas pl- clubs like Hawthorne and Sydney can probably just keep it at that slightly higher level to keep winning those, those kinds of games that we've been losing, like the Showdown and to Essendon, which are not by much, but um, before, in in the end, they're the difference between four points and nothing. Yep. I'm mm. with you,
0: mate. I'm, uh, I'm flying over, so I'll be there as well on Sunday. Uh, last time I went um to a Port Collingwood game away, it was the 2007 Classic where we won by a couple of goals in the wet, which was a bloody good game, that one.
1: <laughs> I'm not going. You're I can't going. go. I'm very disappointed. And Q Power, don't be surprised if you're not going after I finish with uh, what you said <laughs> with, your, with your car. You might, uh, you might not have a working vehicle.
2: I, 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 I was at the first showdown this year, so uh, uh, we won that. So it's, it's not all bad. It's the away game sometimes. It just it, uh, seemed to be a bit of a jinx. Good in way. the last, last away game I went to, we won, I think, was uh, Eddie had it against St Kilda in 2002 or three, I think. so. Uh, <laughs>
0: 2002 or three?
2: It hasn't been a good run. Oh, well, my
0: goodness. James. Your car definitely <laughs> won't be working yeah. this weekend. Yeah.
1: What's your address <laughs> again? <laughs> not in Adelaide. Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, what an achievement is going to
0: be if we win this one, by the sounds of it.
1: Why would it be an achievement?
0: Everything's riding against us, I think. I haven't seen us win away but, through the last three games I've been away as well. So, But it is, is hard. This is not good science.
2: It's hard to win away, and uh, and uh, obviously we've done it a bit, uh, a bit this year, but I think unless unless a club on the road turns up really ready with their A game, they'll get rolled. That seems to be the seems to be the just the reality of the closeness of the comp these days.
0: It's going to be really interesting to see which Collingwood turns up. I mean, everyone talks about North Melbourne as the Jekyll and Hyde team of the AFL, and I think Collingwood are pretty similar in that. Respect as well. I mean, they've beaten Sydney North and Essendon this year, and they've lost to the Dogs, and they've lost to Adelaide twice, and you know, they've lost to Essendon recently as well. I think. I mean, they're just they're just so up and down. I guess they've got a quite a young side. Um, they're just so up and down. And you just never know which uh, which magpies is going to turn up.
2: Yeah. Look, my sense is their level now, and 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 the 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 best they like, we that could get they could play on Sunday is not going to be. That high, I think they were probably paying a little bit of a higher level earlier in the season, and they tend to be tapering, or they they look to be tapering off now. So, mm-hmm. if we lose Sunday, I think it tells me that that we're spent. Uh, if we win, uh, sort of by a, a, a couple of goals or more, then I th- I think that will the confidence levels will come back, and we'll be ready to have a, a good crack at Sydney the following week.
1: I think there's a couple of things we need to take into account. I think, I think one one aspect is I I believe that the players sort of got ahead of themselves a little bit, and uh, and we uh, and so we got beaten by some desperate sides in especially in Adelaide and and obviously Richmond's hit some good form as well. Um, so I think the playing group, the young playing group, would have learned a bit about getting ahead of themselves and and i have a sense that the boys maybe were also sort of rising to the challenge of the big games um, where we've played the freo we've played the geelong we played almost beat the sydney we played the Hawthorne in a pretty close period of time and uh, and we did so successfully well against those teams i think the boys you know maybe were sort of lifting for the big games and then expecting the those lesser games to rock up and, and get the job done. So I think they've learned a very valuable lesson there, which I, um, I'd i be shocked if we came out with a bit of a uh, lackadaisical forwards on Sunday from that. I think I think the boys now will probably rise to every game for the rest of the year, knowing that their finals opportunity and uh, will be on the line for this season. I think the other one is, uh, you know, I think there is a bit of correlation between the reserves and our team. And so uh, uh, the Magpies run with a lot more run and vigour on the weekend gives me a bit more hope as a supporter uh, that you know, our side with the break um, coming up against Collingwood with the break uh, should be a massive advantage for us as well. And I'm expecting a lot more run and endeavour. And I agree with the Q Power. If if we don't see that this weekend, I think the boys are spent and we're going to struggle.
2: Mm. No, in, in, indeed, I think I think that's right. I think sort of what separated us from um, so the sort of the Sydneys and Hawthorns in the past few weeks is that lead that leadership group um probably with the exception of um boke and gray just hasn't been able to i think the rest of the like the, the the younger players and some of the middle players will follow if the leadership group as a whole can stand up on game day so obviously boke mm-hmm. and Gray have done that i mean jonas and lobey a little bit inexperienced in game uh, in terms of games but players like sort of heartlet sort of 80-odd games and EBIT 140 probably haven't quite been getting it done in the last four weeks or so. It's a pretty tough call on Evo because he's had a great year. But I think he's been down well below what what he would expect of himself in the last month or so.
0: No, you're exactly right. Um, look, let's talk about uh, selections a little bit. Obviously, uh, Bobby Carlisle and Gus Monfrey's come straight back in. Um Dom Cassisi's out, Aaron Young's out with a foot, um, and Matty White is out as well. Is that going to be a big loss for us?
2: Yeah, look, I think, um, I think White's a big loss because we're, we're going to lose that, that, that run he has. It, it sounds like, um, and, and it looks like Pollock's had, had some real trouble um, sort of maintaining his early season form. Uh, and so with White out as well, unless Jared Pollock plays really well, we're probably going to be wanting a, a bit on the outside. In uh, in in terms of that running running carry away from stoppages, which both of them sort of were, were giving us in spades in the first 10 rounds. so I think he will be missed. Um, probably logical replacement Andrew Moore because he's been playing so well, but again, he's probably more of an inside uh, ball extractor than than a running carry player. So. I suspect the temptation of the match committee might be to go back to Kane Mitchell and ask him to play that role. And he's probably got, you know, more more limitations than Matt White.
0: You would think Kane Mitchell would be odds-on favourite, in my opinion, um, to come straight back in, just because he's got the exposed AFL form um, Mm -hmm. of the last sort of two months. Um, I reckon Jakey Need might be the one that comes in, though. I just think he's more like-for-like with Whitey. He can play that sort of slippery... Quick um, goal kicking, sort of forward flanker that Whitey does.
1: Mm. Yeah, Plus, I don't he's know. He's in
0: ripping form, Jakey Need. He's he's had a fantastic last two months in the SANFL, and if he comes in, he fully deserves his chance.
1: I still see the Kane Mitchell replacement as a logical one. I thought Mitchell's running. I'm not a you know I'm not the mass, most massive fan of Kane, but I thought his running on the weekend was was fantastic up both ways. So. Uh, like you said, I think, uh, especially Q power I think that's a, a, a good replacement. Um, you know, do, is that needed? Maybe Carl Amon's
2: going to be the smoky. Yeah, I'd be surprised if we went to Amon at this point. He's probably not ready. I mean, my concern with Kane Mitchell, is, I just think he gives the ball back too often. Yeah. He, does, yeah. he does a lot well. Uh, he works his guts out. He works hard on his game, obviously. He goes back to the sample and, and, and delivers. But he just doesn't seem to have the composure sometimes and uh he 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 goes sometimes he'll go long when they've got the plus one sitting back there and uh our forwards will be hopeless, uh hopelessly outnumbered our players are trying to run forward of the ball and we get caught out
0: do you think we might play both Newton and Moore
2: i don't think so i'd expect newton to go to go out uh, and, uh, and Moore's, just, Moore's got a bigger body and he's got more yeah. AFL experience at this point. I think when you get to this stage of the season uh, with a guy like Newton, worthy as he is, and I think you will be a good AFL player, it's not really the time to, to be blooding someone with so, such little uh, exposed AFL form. I think if we were going to do that, we needed to do it much earlier. But with Andrew Moore, he's already played 35-odd games. He played in last year's final series. Great player. It's what we need. Macker and I, we've spoken about this numerous times.
1: Um, he really has to come back into the side, in my opinion, even if it's at the expense of Benny Newton, which I, I hope isn't the case.
0: Yeah, look, I think Andrew Moore's part of our best 18, to be honest. Um, and it's really only been injuries which has ruined his year. If it wasn't for the injuries at the wrong time, he'd probably have played most games this year, I would have thought.
2: Yeah, look, I think there's some versatility to his game, which I like. Um, he he obviously can play the roles an inside midf- midfielder. He's also big enough to actually play as a third forward, and he's a pretty good shot for goal. Uh, he's, he's he's an old utility type. You could even whack him onto a, a halfback flank against sort of a like a uh, uh, sort of a mid-sized forward. So, I think mean, I think Hinkley likes versatility in his players. So. I think, in terms of the sort of the longer term whiteboard strategy, I'm sure Moore's uh, penciled in there to be part of part of the side going forward. He's just had some challenges with his body, which he hasn't been able to to um, to get the better of at this stage. Well, look, could it be
1: potentially that Moore might replace O'Shea because we've got we Carlisle back, isn't it? Well, a
2: we've tough got Carlisle. We've
1: got a Hunch, uh Jonas. Um, they'll be our three key tools um, even though maybe... O'Shea I would still it's... like
0: O'Shea to stay in just because we do play that seven man defense and I think with O'Shea back there it takes a bit of pressure off guys like Pittard and Broadbent to get that loose ball because uh, we know how good O'Shea is um, his running power is fantastic, he's got great pace he can play a shutdown role <clears throat> You know, he's really tall, he can take a good mark You know, he's probably our most versatile defender
1: and he yeah, played last... the final last year well too, didn't he?
0: Oh, he did. Yeah, he was our best finals player last year.
2: Yeah, I think he can play on smalls effectively. Um, I, I think he's a keeper. <laughs> I'd, I'd keep him in the side. I think he's both worth his place now and I think he'll develop into into a, a very good player in, in, in time. You know, he has his little moments now and again still where he'll t- turn the ball over. But he can play on talls and smalls. Uh, he's got a fantastic running capacity Uh, and generally makes good decisions. You also get the sense when he plays for the team and um, is good for the culture of the team. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's going to be some fantastic um, match-ups this week, Um, especially down in in defence. You would assume that Carlisle will go to Cloak. He's done the job on him the last couple of times. They've played against each other. Um, I guess the interesting one will be who goes to Jesse White and who goes to Ben Reid.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Does anyone need to go to them? (laughs) That's Rick's joke for the night
0: Well look, Reed's a uh, It's a fantastic joke, Rick (laughs) Spot on Uh, Reed's a a, a pretty damaging player When he's in form He's only played the one AFL game this year Which was last week So you would think he's still coming in a little bit underdone Um, And for me, I would think that Homsch would go to him uh, just because he's got that little bit of extra height. Um, I'd be playing Jonas on Jesse White, simply because I don't rate Jesse White at all, and I think Jonas will do a fantastic job on him. Um, and I guess the other one that's uh, going to be an interesting matchup will be who goes to Jamie Elliott.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, Impey is obviously the logical matchup for Jamie Elliott, but Impy's form in the last month or so is a bit of a worry. I don't think there's another obvious match-up for Jamie Elliott. Would um, that be your Tammo shape, perhaps?
0: I would say it's probably Jonas, but I think we we might be a little bit hamstrung with Jonas playing tall again.
2: I mean, Jonas is 188. It's a big ask to put him on a player essentially four inches taller. But, I mean, he's done it before. But I think if we do it consistently as a practice, we're going to get caught caught
0: out. Do we think there's anyone in their defence that's worth tagging? You know, someone like Harry Lumumba.
2: Yeah, he's the obvious one. I mean, he's sure gone now. Uh, he's the obvious one who, uh, you know, play, that plays the plus one role, drops off and, and gives him a lot of drive out of defence. It, it's probably a Monfries role, um, you know, sort of a defensive forward role.
0: Yep. I'd actually like to see Paul Stewart go to Lumumba. I reckon he'd be the perfect matchup for him because he's got that little bit of extra height as well and it would also free up Monfries because I don't think they've got a, a fantastic matchup for Monfries, to be honest.
1: I wonder if Gray plays a fair chunk of his game in the midfield again too this week.
0: I would hope yeah, so.
2: Yeah. yeah. I would think, I would think, think he would as well. I mean, uh, uh, he's the midfield's been down a bit. He, he's, he's an informed player. He's also a leader of the club. I, I think he needs to spend a bit more time in there. It's obviously a robbing Peter to pay Paul, uh, dilemma though, because, mm. uh, I think he's, he's also been kicking a lot of goals and, uh, And our forward line has been struggling and and as many people on the boards have noted structurally, um, there certainly seems to have been some issues.
0: Well, this is why the ins this week are so important because Monfrey's in really frees up Gray to play a lot in the midfield. And if Andrew Moore comes in, that really frees up Robbie Gray to play a lot in the forward line. So I think think if we do end up uh, bringing Andrew Moore in, that would be fantastic for the structure of the side.
2: I reckon, you know, uh, with this game, that Collingwood's defence is a bit flaky. We get we get enough supply, we'll, we'll win the game. So, uh, if the midfield can 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 get enough ball, which is probably about fifteen a uh, fifty inside fifties, and provided they're, you know, uh, that we're moving it at a decent pace, so their midfield is not dropping back on our forwards um, uh, t- too much, then we should win the game.
0: Look, I would hope that Schultz and Westhoff. We'll, uh, we'll get the better of Frost and uh, Lockie Keefe, I would hope. Um, the other place where I think we could get a real advantage is also through the midfield. Obviously, Collingwood's first string midfield is fantastic with Beams, Pendlebury, Sidebottom. You know, they do a fantastic job in there. Um, but I think it's their second string midfield where we will get a lot of advantage because I think we've got a lot more players that can actually run through the midfield and do it effectively.
2: Yeah, look, I agree with it. I think they fall or, fall away probably pretty quickly, both in terms of of talent, but also uh, I wonder whether they've got the players that we have with just this sheer this year running capacity. So hopefully uh, later in the game uh, we'll, we're able to blow some of their players up, and uh, and uh, we'll actually be able to move the ball a bit. Once we get it on the outside, we can move it much more freely.
0: Yeah, is it all going to be in our head? This
2: weekend? No, absolutely. I think that's right.
0: I don't
1: think so. I think we're reading too much into it. I don't, I don't think there's any confidence issues. And uh, I think the boys are uh, going to come out running and running very hard, and uh, we, we'll run over the top of them. And I, I'm hoping we set a, a very high example or standard in the first quarter, uh, which will lead us in for the rest of the game.
2: So, Rick, you don't think confidence has been sort of eaten away in the last. Four weeks,
1: or so? I oh, look, no, I don't think so. I, um, like I said, I, I think, I think really, our players have been brought back down to earth. I think, uh, I think more, more so than confidence. I think maybe arrogance. I think uh, our players got a little bit ahead of themselves, and they, they got arrogant. Um, and I think Hamish Hartlett alluded to that in his press conference, and and they got away from the fundamentals that was making them a, a fantastic footy side. So. I don't think we've lost our confidence, but I I think we might be less arrogant in the way that we play. And I'm hoping, um, as as long as our fitness base has come back to us, uh, I'm hoping that our players will play the hard-working football instead of the... The Larry football, and um, and that will be enough. If we go back to the basics, that'll be enough for us to uh, to get over the top of a Collingwood side that's lacking a bit of talent. Uh, you know, Dane Swan's out, which is a massive loss for them, for them. Um, and uh, and they're very young side too. So, like you said, we should be able to take advantage of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I've noticed in the last month or so, we have been getting a bit um, a bit fumbly and yeah. uh, probably in part due to the additional pressure that's been put on with sides really pushing up trying to pushing up on us trying to block the lock the ball in in the back half and there's been a lot of two grabbing and and and, and you know uh, unable to take the ball um, cleanly so I've sort of been wondering whether that's been um, sort of uh, an ebbing away of, of, of confidence but um, I think uh, I think this week will tell us a lot about that question as well whether whether this is a confidence issue or a a mental fatigue issue or a physical fatigue issue that we've had? Definitely skills. Uh, Our skills have been down, which
1: I think you can put down to um, um, fitness. I mean, we compare the first 10 games to the last four games. Um, You know, our our kickings dropping short or our handballs are to the feet, Um, whereas before in the season, you know, it was like the ball – Balls were on the palm of, our, palm of our hands, like on a string, and it was amazing. Nothing was missing. We were just cl- crisp and clean. And and to me, that, that sort of comes across not as much confidence but more fitness-based. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, it's easy to argue either way. So, I mean, and you're right, You could what happened could be confidence. And uh, I think what we need to really find is... Are Collingwood going to come with the game that everyone else has where they really try to congest our midfield, um, which has worked successfully in recent times, or are they going to just try and play their own game that they play? And I guess if they do keep it open, I think it might work to their detriment, to be honest.
0: Look, let's go on to our four questions. Uh, The first one, time to stand up. QPR mate, I'll start with you with this one.
2: Yeah, look, I think... uh, Justin Westhoff, I think, is is um, is the, the obvious one for me. I think uh, after a pretty good season last year, and um, you know a really impressive start to the to the season this year, I think um, he just hasn't been playing, or we haven't been getting from him what you'd expect from uh, a player of his age, um, ability, and experience. Sort of goes back to this question of leadership. I think he's not in the leadership group. I, I, I know, but he tends, for from, from my taste anyway, he tends uh, to, to, to to really go missing. And he's such a pivotal player when he's playing well for us in terms of a being able to to stop momentum, but but also when he drifts forward, yep. being able to kick the odd goal. So I think he really needs to to stand up and and reduce the distance between his best and his worst play. I mean, he's vastly improved on say the pre Hinkley era, but in terms of doing justice to his, his ability and becoming a consistently footballer, I don't still don't see that he's, he's there. I'm going Brad Ebert, uh, contrary
1: to AFL.com's uh, who's hot and who's not. I think um, Brad Ebert hasn't been hot, but I think he's actually been quite cold and, I think he's been systematic of our, um, or symptomatic of our form slump in relation to we've lacked his running power and his own overall cleanliness of the ball. Now, I don't know if he's carrying a shoulder injury or he's just fatigued from a hard um, season so far, but to me, Brad Ebert epitomizes all the hard gut running. Uh, Of Port Adelaide you know if he's gut running and running hard and and doing the line running um, that's reflective of our team game and our team overall so what I'm hoping to see this weekend is Brad Ebert standing up uh, not necessarily getting the 40 possessions like he did against Sydney but running the lines running hard clean disposal using the ball well and really influencing the game and if he does that I think that's a key indicator that our whole team's going to play well yeah
0: spot on uh, I'm going to go with another a big name. I was originally going to say our uh, midfield, but I'm going to go with Chatty Wingard this week. Um, he's only kicked two goals in the last five weeks, and I think he's only had four uh, goal assists in that time as well. He really needs to stand up um, and try and rediscover that form, um, not just of last year, but also of the first half of this season as well, uh, where he was getting a lot of the ball, uh, kicking a lot of goals, and also dishing a lot off as well. Um, I think we need a big one from Chatty this week, and I've, I would really love to see him have you know a, a twenty disposal three goal game this week.
2: Well, more broadly, Mac. I mean, where do you think he's at? I he I watched the the Melbourne game, and he particularly in the first quarter, he really seemed to be Just- running round. Oh, and running sort of in circles around the ball carrier rather than cracking it and tackling it. And I know it changed a lot in the second quarter. He looked to have been spoken to about that issue. But yep. he really looks as though he's having the first down period of what's so far been a brilliant career.
0: Yeah, look, he's probably getting a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more pressure from his opponents um, than he, what he was getting last year. Um, and I think it's probably being magnified a little bit just... Because of our poor form as a as a team as well, um, yeah. For, for me, he's someone that really needs to stand up this week. And look, we've named Westhoff, Ebert, and Wingard. I think we need our big guns firing this weekend.
2: Yeah, look, I think you know when a player as good as what he is, he'll come again and he'll come again quickly. But if we're gonna if we're gonna fire a shot this year, he needs to find his best form very yeah. very soon. Absolutely. Let's
1: well, face who's... let's face it. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, let's face it, he's been starved a bit in the uh, in the forward line with our our delivery up there too. But I'll just add that and say no more. Let's go. No,
0: nope, that's fair enough. Uh, Danger Man, Rick, who's going to be calling was Danger Man?
1: Oh, I'm going to go predictable. And uh, I'm going to say Pendlebury. Uh, like you pointed out earlier, Macker rightfully so. They've, they don't have a very deep midfield. So, uh, if we if we can really lock down Pendlebury, and I'll leave you one of you guys to probably isolate Beams then, um, I think it's going to be very hard for them to dominate the midfield. So if we can take down their captain and uh, and really stop his influence in the game, I, I think that's going to be a, a big struggle for Collingwood to, to win the game.
2: Yeah, I, I reckon Jamie Elliott's probably the, the one. Uh, Collingwood have a, have a number of small forwards. I think he's the best of them. Uh, and... Uh, that um, I think yeah, MP will start as you said. Jonas might have a crack if he gets off the off the chain, um, but uh, yeah, I just feel like this week with Carlisle back, we're probably better equipped to 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 handle their 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 talls. So I think we've got a lot of sort of medium defi- size defenders apart from MP who can play tall, but so play small, but really are not that well suited to the, to those super quick small forwards with the good lateral movement and tricks. Yep. So I think we, if we do get found out, it could be by a Collingwood small forward, and Elliott's the logical one because uh, he's the best of them.
0: Love that call, mate, because I've chosen Jamie Elliott as well. Um, you know, he hasn't really had a big game against Port Adelaide yet. <clears throat> he took mark of the year uh, last year, I think. Um, but, you know, he's been in huge form this year. He's been a little bit down the last few weeks. Um, yes. But, you know, he'd be roundabout for the All-Australian team, I would think. Um, you know, he's super quick, he's got a massive leap, he's fantastic around the goals, can take a good mark, um, they usually give him plenty of space to work in inside 50 as well, and look, I think MP is the, uh, the natural opponent for him, um, but as we mentioned earlier, you know, mp has been a little bit down the last month, um, and I don't think he can afford to be down this week, because if he is down, uh, we might see Elliot kick a, a bit of a bag of goals.
2: Yeah, and if we have to move Jonas onto him, then we'll leave you know, a Collingwood player sort of at six foot five plus with a really undersized opponent. Yep. Put it this way if Jamie Elliott's going to be our danger man,
1: that means our midfield's not playing well and unaccountable, uh, not going to be limiting their uh, inside forward 50s, and we're going to lose the game, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. So. Our midfield needs to, to step up, and that's why we need to cut down uh, Pendlebury uh, because that's going to limit that sort of player's influence in the game as far as I can see.
0: Yep. Is that your key to winning, Rick?
1: Yeah, my key to winning is the predictable midfield battle, Macca. And, well, as far as popular word phrase for me today, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the midfield <laughs> has been the underperforming area of our footy side for the last six weeks. Um, not enough run, not enough courage to try and break the lines and still attack the centre clearance, even though the teams have been trying to con- congest us in that like 50-area space around the ball. Um, so for me, it's really about now our midfield players and senior players, Hamish Hartlett, uh, Brad Ebert, who have been down, Matty broadbean off the half-back flank. Um, that type of player really standing up and taking the game by the scruff of the neck, running the lines, uh, being precise with our disposal, exerting their influence on the game and dominating the midfield, which will give us that inside 50 differential that which we had in, our, in the first 14 games of the year, uh, which will be the key for us to winning.
2: Beautiful. Q Power? Yeah, look, I think uh, over the last month or so, what the most obvious thing that's fallen off to me are the sort of the effort stats, you know the contested ball and the tackle. I don't think we've won both before. We did with the Melbourne game, but before that, I don't think we've won both since we played the Bulldogs. So I think uh, they're the th- they're the two things I'll be looking at uh, throughout the game and after. The- I think if we win those stats, uh, we'll beat Collingwood. Um, there'll be there will sort of I think they're the most the two stats that sort of most directly reflect effort and work rate. So. Uh, I think I think it's about the contestable and the tackle, all the other parts of our game, the run, the disposal efficiency, all of that stuff which was working so well earlier in the year. it seems to to to, to happen off the back of of those effort stats. Yep. So yeah, that, that that's what I'll be looking at. And you know uh, with the with the Richmond game a couple of weeks ago, which I also went to, you could sort of sense in the first ten or fifteen minutes that, Richmond players sort of looked at each other and said, "These guys are just not on," and it, it really energised them and gave them confidence. Uh, and so, if we see that in the, sort of the first fifteen or twenty minutes of, uh, of of this game, that those effort stats are down, then I, th- I think uh, I think it will energise Collingwood and we'll be we'll be in trouble.
0: Uh, good call that one. I like that. Uh, for me, it's Lobi. It comes down to Lobi dominating the ruck. He's coming up against a. You know, just an OK ruck contingent of Jarrett Witts and Brody Grundy's back in the... Uh, he's on the uh, extended interchange. So if he comes in as well, we'll have two, you know, OK ruckmen to go up against. But look, I think Loby really needs a big game um, this week. Um, you know, they, they do struggle in the hit outs and they do struggle also in the clearances as well, Collingwood. Um, you know, he needs to show us that form that won us the final against Collingwood last year and what was one of his best games of AFL footy. Um, and look, if he can do that and if he can feed our, our midfield uh, contingent, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll go a long way of winning this game.
2: No, I think that, that's a really good call. I think, you know, he's been, he's looked in Trent Gove's absence tired. Uh, uh, you know, he's had to carry, I know he like, he's a workhorse, he likes to work, but he's probably had to carry too much of the load himself. Uh, and uh, I think with a, with a bit of a break, we'd be looking to see him uh, with, with a significantly improved performance. I think um, we'd be hoping that we can get Trengo back pretty quickly because we don't want Lobi going into finals. Um, Absolutely. Rigid. Exhausted <laughs> by the effort. Yeah, and uh, right. if, we, if we can't get him back in the next couple of weeks, then I think that's probably uh, the likely scenario we're facing. Yeah. I'd still like Lobi to be a kick the, uh, behind the play
1: influence a little bit more as well or a kick in front of the play influence um, well, That means he he's just actually seems-
0: got to take marks
1: That's a good yeah. point well- It's got to be something because he just seems to—I don't know—he seems to be positioned in the midfield, and the ball just seems to bypass him all the time, which I think is part of the reason he he lacks that influence in the game. You know, whereas you think of the Matty Primus or the Dean Brogan or you know any of our current ruckmen, they they all were able to go behind or even go forward and influence the game. Now I don't know if this is a strategic instruction from the coaching staff. Or you know to minimise maybe his workload as you guys were saying, Um, but yeah, I would really love to you know see him on the ground, get behind a little bit, and see what he can do. Rick, Rick, I don't know that he reads the
2: game. I don't know he reads well enough. I don't know he reads the game well enough. Yeah, well that's that's my question mark on him.
0: That's his role. I mean, we always seem to kick to him coming out from kick-ins, but he never takes the mark. But I think in general play. I think they like him running around in that sort of midfield third of the ground, just trying to act as that sort of, um, you know, Dean Cox-like extra midfielder, I guess you'd call it.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't get the ball. I'm I'm with you, Yeah, I'm
0: I'm completely with you. (laughs) He doesn't get the ball Uh, and he doesn't take enough marks. And he needs to do more around the ground, especially, you know, coming off what was a fantastic season last year where he was fantastic around the ground. Um, Mm -hmm. He has taken a noticeable uh, step backwards this year.
2: It's a yes. dimension. his game that hasn't improved. I mean, a lot of his game ha- has improved, but I think particularly when you see him up against a player like Jamer, as he was a couple of weeks ago, the difference in the contested marking ability is really pronounced. Yep. And I, I think as well that that was something that really stood out in that final against Geelong last year when he was up against Nathan Vardy. Vardy took a couple of really important marks along the way. That is a dimension of his game he needs to improve, particularly if we're going to play one Ruckman. We need him to be able to clunk clunk them. And that's why I'm in love with the lure of Redden, because to me,
1: Redden looks like that natural Ruckman that reads the play uh, from the limited time that we've seen him. But he does get behind... Or in front and can take the mark and reads the play and that's why I think he to me he comes across as a naturally better Rutman. Um, we just need him to stay fit and get on the park. Um, yep. And it wouldn't surprise me if he maybe even overtook Lobi at some point in time. But yeah, why was why Lobi's number one man? I'd love him to step up. So it's a good call, Macca, to put the heat on Lobi. It's not the first time this season. I think you've done it though.
0: No, not at all. No, it's happened a few times, I think. Well look, who's gonna who's gonna win this game?
2: Yeah, I think, I think we're going to win it by by four or five goals. I think if, if, if we don't, then I think we need to ask some questions about where our season's headed. I think, you know, Collingwood are hardly going. Um, they've got a very inexperienced back line, which our forward line should be able to expose. Swan's out. Um, you know, they're... Then, but no better than a mid-table team on a good day. Uh, and uh, if we can't get over them, then I, th- I think there's questions to be asked. But I think I think we will. And I think we'll do it comfortably.
1: Yeah, yeah, I reckon uh, we'll win by the same about 27 points. I think, know, yeah? so four to five goal range. Um, I'll do a serious tip for a change. So um, I think we should see a lot of run. Collingwood's going to put up a bit of fight. Wouldn't surprise me if it's a similar game to the. Uh, the Collingwood Adelaide game, except for we maybe get out, they chase us back and then we claw back, claw away sort of a uh, middle late part of the game.
0: Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tip Port Adelaide as well. I think, um, you know, a lot of things are going in our favor. As you said, you know, they've got a, a young side, a young back line swans out, you know, everything seems to be in our favor um, on paper. It's just going to be in our head, whether we actually do turn up and play or not. I think we will. Um, I think we understand that, you know, our premiership chances are on the line this week. Um, we do need a good showing, um, and we do need the win, and I think we'll win by 17 points. Look, SAFL Port Play, South Adelaide at Norlunga. Um, on Saturday afternoon, we've won seven of the last ten against South. Um, and the last time we met was a ten goal win at Alberton in round seven. Um, what are we hoping to see from this game? Another win. Another win, yep. Absolutely. Johnny a yeah, few goals.
2: That'd be nice. Yeah, he's he's the Butch is an interesting one, isn't he? About after five years on the list or so. Um I mean the question I think I think you were saying last 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 week, Maca, that sort of no guarantees that he'll make it. Yep. And I, th- I think that's right. I mean, there's all, this, all the signs there that, that it's just not quite the, 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 the confidence to, to, to kind of work through the challenges that he has with his game. Uh, that he seems to be a bit spooked about, um, yeah, you know, his, his set shots, which is understandable because he's got a technical problem. So, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to see him do well. I think he's got a heap of talent, but I just think he's self-doubt. Uh, is, is still too strong to to, to succeed consistently uh, at the higher level. Yep. I just wanted to see another
1: hard-running game. Um, when is the game? Is it on Saturday?
0: Saturday afternoon,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I think that will give us good inspiration for Sunday. If we see the boys uh, come out again, play a fast, hard-running game, I think that should give our, uh, our supporters inspiration for the following day. Um I'm really interested to, uh, to see Flinny. I thought he was pretty uh, uh, under the radar last week. He didn't really do too much. So yeah. um, I'd like to see Flinney uh, stand up a little bit more. Uh, I'd like to see Archie uh, influence the game like he did in, uh, in the last month. So in other words, for him to stand up. Uh, and I'd like to see our big forwards really uh, clunk some marks, get delivered some good passes and uh, and really uh, influence the scoreboard. That would be uh, very, very uh, refreshing for me as a supporter and give us hope that our forward stocks are progressing nicely because that's my biggest concern at this point in time.
2: For, for someone living interstate doesn't see much of the Maggies live, how far is Mason Shaw away from playing a bit of AFL footy?
0: I don't think he's too far away. He's just got to work on his defensive side of his game up forward. sort of if... You know, if if he doesn't take the mark, if the ball's not really in his area, he sort of stops a little bit and that was a criticism of him through the under eighteens. Um, so it's something that he's got to work with. I think he's yeah, he's not too far away at all. You know, he's got a lot of the a lot of the attributes to make it at AFL though. He is a fantastic kick of the ball, he's a wonderful yeah, you know, he's like the anti butcher, he's a wonderful set shot, and so calm with the ball in his hands. He can take a fantastic mark, he's good at ground level as well. It's just that sort of defensive pressure when he doesn't have the ball that he's got to improve on.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. that's something you know, young players coming into the system probably find the hardest and need to work the most on. Sort of after being talented juniors and being better than their peers, um, they haven't had to do those things as much. But uh, yeah. just from the grabs I see of him on the on the website with the SANFL highlights, he looks and moves like a, an AFL player.
0: He does absolutely.
2: And he's a good reader of the
1: play from what I've seen. So, yep. yeah, hopefully in a bit more time. Uh, oh, I'm just having a look at Tex wearing a Port Adelaide jumper, Tex Wanganeen, isn't that? That'd be nice to see him father playing for the Maggies. Re- in a, father, son, Rick. Re- yeah. Fingers crossed. I, I hope so. I I say a bit off topic this, but I said on the board a couple of hours ago, I, I just can't see how Tex wouldn't want to be playing for Port Adelaide, to be honest. So... Uh, well, right, with aren't,
2: us aren't, the bombers, aren't the bombers uh, uh, working on him? I think what they're doing a lot of work
0: with, with memberships and, you know, speaking to players and all that sort of stuff and you know, in, inviting the Wanganines over to games and you know, all that sort of stuff.
2: They had text run through the banner once uh, yeah. a couple of weeks back. Um, but you'd hope that, you know... For yeah, a, we're doing you
0: know, the exact same sort of thing. So it really comes down to who he wants to play with and oh. in the end, whether he's actually good enough to make it you know, to a draft sort of level, I guess.
2: Oh, he'll get, I think he'll get picked. Yeah. He, but, uh, just on name alone. I think for nine out of 10, seven, 17 year old kids, if you can stay home, you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I just can't see any logics why Gavin would be encouraging him to go to Essendon. I mean, Gavin's our, our captain. Uh, former captain, he started with us, um, finished with us, came back to us, involved with the club. He obviously loves the club, and obviously he's going to have the most influence on where his son plays. I just, I couldn't see Gammon going. You know what, mate? I think you should go play for Essendon instead of Port Alone. I'd, I'd fall off my chair. I reckon my chair would be rocking all night long. I think that. Well, if he's only right. 10, I
0: mean, you know, there's still a lot of uh, water to go under the bridge with that one. Um, and I think in the end, as a as a father, you'd, you'd want your son to go somewhere where they're going to get the best opportunity. And, you know, if that's at Essendon, then good luck to him. If it's at Port Adelaide, then great for us, I think.
2: Yeah, I think uh, one of the, probably the, the issues with this situation too, which is sort of funny, as you say, sort of intimating Mac for such a young kid, is that I think Gavin Wanganine has some commercial um, commercial sort of interest in Essendon with the gym. So he doesn't want to uh, explicitly say, well, Rule of course he goes to yeah. Port Adelaide <laughs> yeah. because um, uh, it'd probably be bad for business.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do agree with that one. Well, look, let's. Uh... Sorry, I, say,
1: I sidetracked the SANFL section.
0: <laughs> You're all good, mate. Let's leave it there for uh, for tonight. QPowers, uh, great to have you on, mate.
2: Thank you very much, uh, uh, Rebecca and thanks, Rick, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome.
0: No worries. Rick, as always, buddy.
2: <laughs> I'm looking forward to the game. I hope you guys
1: enjoy it over there. I'm jealous I'm not there. I, I wish I was going, but I can't. So um, have a ball, but I'll be looking forward to the week after at, against Sydney when we knock the big buddy off.
0: That's it. We'll be positive. Yes. We're going to win. We're going to see a win. Q Power going to see his first win for 37 years away from home. <laughs> Let's bring it on. Exactly. Go Port Adelaide.
1: Go Port. Go Port.
0: Jeez, boys. Oh, it's on in the kitchen. Oh, look at this. Bad, simple.
1: Good attack from Dalapante Carlisle. He left his man. He took them on. He gets to lines. Oh, baby. The finest of Wines.